0: Hey, welcome back to season 11, episode 25 of the Digital Orthopedics Podcast, where we bring you the extraordinary lectures from the DocSF experience in 2023. My name is Dr. Stefano Obini, and I am your host for this podcast series. In our next episode, we're actually going to hear from... Dr. Kevin Plancher and an epic group of panelists as they talk about the future of robotics in the ASC. This is a particularly fun session, so I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did when we heard it live. Please welcome Dr. Plancher to the Doc SF stage.
1: I'd like to bring my whole panel up. Again, I'm Kevin Plancher. So as they're coming, Dr. Cord, everyone come up, Stefan. So we're going to have a panel now. For 30 minutes, I'm going to divide it up. 15 minutes, we're going to talk about value proposition. I'll introduce people quickly. And 15 minutes about cost. Cost about robots in the ASC. So gentlemen, you got everyone has a C. Great. So again, on the end, Dr. Cord came to us from Holland. His single ASC we'll talk about. Stefan Kreuzer is here an ASC and surgeon owner on the far right with a robotic practice. Michael Ass from Hospital Special Surgery. You heard before Michael. And I don't know if he's salaried, but he probably is. He's not salaried. Lucky for him. Next, from DePew and Veles, George Simpson. From Think, recently, and surgical CEO, president before of Stryker, brought Mako into reality for them. And you heard here from Doug Fairbanks, who was a commercial officer for J&J. If you didn't know, MedTech Division. I have wonderfully conflicted human beings here on the stage, which is exactly what I want as we go through it. So, gentlemen, I would say to you that I thank you, Dr. Cord. You took some of my steam away. So the question is efficiency. I've heard that all this morning. And I say to you, is our goal to make money or is it really to deliver Pinnacle Patient Care? And so you stole that a little from this morning's thing. And I'm going to say, we have to start admitting that maybe healthcare is the most inefficient vehicle. And I don't see anything wrong with that. Because no two human beings are the same. So all of you talk about this efficiency and I want to become efficient, but don't I worry about the revision knee, the resident, the infection. And we know that robotic assisted total knees, when you talked about numbers, I give it for my audience, if you do 1 to 25 TKs in a MAKO, it's about $92,000 each. You do 26 to 100, it's about 29000 and if you do greater than 200, it goes down to about $25,000 a case. And yet you didn't worry about that. And we're going to deal with money at the end. So let's go through, since it's a value proposition for each of them, you tell me that you're going to increase precision and reducibility. So, Nan, how does Mako do that in a sentence?
2: Well, it's very simple. It goes from on the eye in, to degrees and millimeters. So that's for sure more accurate than on the eye. Okay. And Doug, without trackers, can you have precision, do you think,
1: someday, and reproducibility?
3: Yeah, it's interesting because we look at our FDA requirement of two millimeters, and the PhD optical physicists that sit in my lab and make things go two millimeters, Doug, we're doing surgery at two millimeters. On the bench the other day, we're at 250 to 350 microns, a couple of human hairs, right? And so, yeah, we can be very accurate. And without a race, you're cutting extra cost out of the procedure. So more accurate, less cost seems like a value proposition.
1: So, Michael, does two or three degrees matter? You know the articles out there. And so we know about longevity. So two to four degrees, they have longevity if you take a varus knee. And only when I get to nine degrees does that implant really last as long. If I'm out, second standard deviation. And I want to stay in one standard deviation. Most of us, I understand I have a CEO, two CEOs, but most surgeons were able to reduce this one standard deviation. Do I even care that I have to be within two to three degrees or are we with terrible surgeons before?
4: This is a concept of outliers, right? We can hit two to three degrees 72% of the time. So if you as a surgeon are perfectly comfortable with doing a good job on 70% of your patients, God bless you. I didn't go into medicine to mess up 30% of the time and humans aren't perfect the ability to use technology, and this is what technology does. It doesn't make one surgery better. It democratizes access to high quality surgery. Because if you do 350 knee replacements a year, you can hit within three degrees, probably 85% of the time. But the average surgeon in the United States, the average number of knee replacements done per surgeon is less than 25. That's two a month. And if you can do something two times a month and be as good as somebody who does it 50 times a month, God bless you, that doesn't exist. So the reason we use technology isn't because it helps the one patient. It's because it helps all of the patients ensure they're not the three out of every 10 that we aren't as good as we think we are.
1: And so maybe the lesson, but we'll get to it, is maybe some of these surgeons shouldn't be
4: allowed to do the surgery, which you, we know. I wasn't allowed to say that. That wasn't the question you asked.
1: Yes, it wasn't. So Stuart, does the doctor have any role in this machine, except, and I'm very familiar with Think and Yair and Stefan, except watching this machine go. What's your aspiration to see Think move into the stratosphere of this? And I understand we're taking robotics generally because Michael may talk about Orthline, someone may talk about Mako, but what do you think, where are we going with this, with your device? So we've moved
5: on from what the company originally started with. We're now looking at miniaturized robots with an open platform because we believe it's a combination of technology and implants decided by the surgeon that leads to the best possible outcome for each individual patient. And system where the robot and the implant are not tied together is amortized over so many more cases, which makes it much more cost effective. So that's where we're going as a company to unlock the implant from the robot and bring choice and competition back into the
1: market. Okay. Stefan, why are you so excited about using an ASC robot? If there's so, I have to do so many cases and we know volume never makes it in big business. Anyone who's a businessman here, you never do volume. That just drives prices down. And now you're just going to kill yourself. But why are you so excited to use the robot in your ASC?
0: Probably do drive my staff crazy because it takes me longer to do a case now and they have to stay longer. No, but My interest in robotics is really purely from one big picture. I think as of today, we ask 10 orthopedic surgeons and how to do a knee, we get 10 different opinions. So we still have not defined the target. Some people say kinematic alignment, some say mechanical alignment, some say reverse kinematic alignment, some say gap balancing. So we haven't really defined what the target is. The reason I use robotics is because I finally know where I put the implant, and hopefully I can then correlate that with the outcome, which then will better define the target. I mean, I'm more got confused it. about knee replacement today than I was 10 years ago. You got it.
1: So we're going to enter a little yes, no. If they don't obey and they try to give an answer, we cut them off. So here we go down the line. Is the role for the robot to help a resident, a fellow, and low volume surgeons not to make errors? For sure. Yes. 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 Good. Do you think the robot makes a surgeon a better surgeon? The
2: reverse. Uh, yes. 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 Absolutely. Yes. Okay.
1: Let's talk about improved function, kinematic Softball. alignment. Kevin, these Dr. are some Feeney. softballs. Oh, I'm uh, going to get hard. I got to warm you up. Just saying.
4: <laughs> I've sat on to be nice. It's not. You're never this nice. Okay.
1: <laughs> so can you lead to reduce soft tissue releases specifically with your technology, as you get through, you want yes or no? Maybe
4: no. Maybe yes. Go uh, ahead. Yes, it's technique dependent.
2: Yes. If you do bone referencing, no. If you do ligament balancing, yes. So you have to understand.
1: Remember, we're dealing with Mako. I don't know where Stefan is standing. If it's Think or other technology, Navi Swiss or what? We got Mike with a little Ortho line. We got Think over here, and we got no trackers. Just so you keep track of what device we're talking about out there. Reproducible alignment targets, yes or no?
2: Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's the whole point. Yes. Yes.
1: Okay. So if anyone does augmented reality, do you think there's a role? You heard some talks before. Is this going to come into play now for this and Super Saiyan now in order?
4: Well, I think that's a stop far yes no. yet. Uh, no. Go ahead. Not yet. I mean, the current systems are computer navigation with an augmented screen. So if you believe that computer navigation improves accuracy, then augmented reality is no different, just looks cooler.
5: Okay. No for joint replacement, yes for spine. What Dr.
3: Ass said.
1: <laughs> okay. Let's clarify also outpatient surgery. So I was taught, I'm going to be mean to Dr. Court. outpatient surgery is my patients come in and four to six hours later, they're out of there. There are many institutions and people on the stage professing they do outpatient surgery. Outpatient surgery is not 23 hour stay. He was honest when he does. But outpatient surgery, if you want efficiency in business, is four to six hours. I don't want to have a nurse watching me. No, not yet.
4: So this is actually a big problem we have. And we heard about this in the DACA SF science part. We have a definition problem and it's really hurting our research. Outpatient surgery, as defined in the United States by Medicare, is a less than 24 hour stay, is a 23 hour stay. Ambulatory surgery is what you're talking about or the patient comes into the hospital and leaves on the same day. And so if you look at the papers we're writing, we need to do better. We're very specific when we talk about ambulatory versus outpatient versus neither I'll give of you a those chance. And so one Europe, second.
1: It's okay. So do you believe ambulatory surgery is where we're heading, Dr. Court? No. Okay. Stefan? Yes, no. Yes, yeah, awesome. we're,
0: we're there. Yes.
1: So he's there. That's fair. Go ahead. Yes. So wait, so in that hospital that will remain nameless, you believe now doing ambulatory surgery?
4: At Hospital for Special Surgery, that will remain nameless. Right, I did not last, name it. Last quarter, yes. we did 27% ambulatory joint replacements, Okay. 68% outpatient joint replacements, no problem. I and like the rest stayed.
1: Stuart, I'm not qualified to answer the question. You're not called. Would you like as a patient to have ambulatory surgery or outpatient surgery? I'll nail you. It's an easy yes. No. Which one would you like? Ambulatory. Ambulatory. Same out fast. Okay. So do you think it really matters what the x-ray looks like? Isn't it all about outcomes and lack of revision? and patient satisfaction scores, I will give you. So you know the studies, one out of eight, 13% reported statistically significant greater improvements in PROMs with robotic-assisted TKAs. But no studies reported significant difference in revision rates. So tell me about that X-ray that the surgeon loves to see versus the patient comes back 25 years later and loves their result. What's your
2: thought? I have a very nice example. I showed you the outcome of the refuel online. And that's a 9.7. Perfect. But if you look at the 700 plus reviews, there's none of them talking about my surgery. It's about the facility, getting the food, the attention. So we have to think about outcome. Should we talk about metal, plastic, alignment? In my opinion, we should look more at the mind.
1: Stefan, your thoughts about a good x-ray versus outcomes and problems and things. I'm not talking about failures. Okay, I want to make that clear.
0: So, in my opinion, alignment does not matter. Cementing technique matters a lot. So, if I look at an x-ray, I ignore the alignment, but I do look at the cementing technique.
1: I'll change the question for you, Stuart. Don't get nervous. Michael,
4: (laughs) x-rays? The data on the use of computers and navigation was always said that it doesn't affect outcomes, it doesn't affect revisions, it just makes pretty x-rays. I don't know why people keep saying that. The Australian Registry and multiple studies in the United States have shown a decreased rate of revisions between 10 and 20 years when you use some type of technology versus when you don't. The younger the patient, the bigger the benefit. So in the 65 and under group getting total needs in the Australian Registry, they had a statistic statistic and dramatic decrease in total knee revisions when they use navigation. And remember, some of that's Australian navigation is terrible navigation. This is surface navigation from 20 years ago. It was still better than not using it. So this idea that navigation doesn't affect long-term outcomes and revisions is outdated and inappropriate.
1: It's good that he likes registries. I'm a guy that doesn't, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Stuart, so do you believe that the x-ray can be produced by this machine that you have to get reproducible results? Can SYNC produce that X-ray that can produce it? It's a machine doing something. I've watched it in action. You're kind of somewhere in the other room and things kind of happen. So is this machine gonna make it happen?
5: We've moved on from that machine, so that's no longer what we're all about. But a robot in general, I don't care if I've had my ambulatory surgery. I don't care if the surgeon looks at it and says, I love the look of that X-ray. I want to know is it the right position for me as an individual patient? And how do I feel during the recovery and the early return to function? So I think that's where robots play a big role. And I will need a unicompartmental knee because I had a meniscal tear and it's starting to bother well, you, me. You should, and I will
1: do. And I will you get have a one robot anyway because half of the total knees should be unis anyway. So one second.
4: Going and down that's the Kevin's line. Kevin's bias, in case anyone was curious. Anyway, <laughs> so I'm going
1: to ask in one sentence and then we go on to cost because I watch time. Give me, Doug, your value proposition. Or why we should use robots in the ASC. A value, what's value about it? Please. Yeah, it. value no. proposition one for, sentence.
3: For one sentence, for robots in the ASC, greater accuracy, better targeting, and a reduction in radiation when you use a 3D scanner in places where you need to supplement.
1: Don't give me a run on sentence. Go ahead. Yes.
5: Better short term outcomes and hopefully longer term survival. Michael, reproducibility. There you go. One word, not one thing. There you go. Stefan?
0: I would agree with Michael. Michael. Reproducibility, but what's probably the most important part of it is appropriate planning in an ASC where you don't have the redundancy of instrumentation that you have in the hospital.
2: Dr. Kor, no. Well, I talk about ASC. Most of the surgeries are done in a hospital.
1: Okay. So now that you've convinced me that I fully understand the value proposition, let's talk about cost. Okay? Ready? How much money does a man or a woman pay to have his hair colored in New York City? Give a guess.
3: I'm out of the hair business. I don't
1: know. (laughs) Clearly. Give me a number. Do you know? In New New York City? In New York City. I don't know. $75? Okay. It's $900. Okay. How much money... Stop. I'm going to show you. How much money does a lawyer in Greenwich, Connecticut get per hour? Do you know? $1,200. It's close. $900 to $1,200. Well done. How much money... Do you receive for doing a TKR from Medicare? $1,315. At best. That's my rate. I literally get that all the time. That's because it's safe. As as
4: you've made fun of me before, I'm a New York City surgeon that accepts Medicare. There you go. How much
1: money does a salesperson receive on average for putting in the implant across the board? Per implant? Yes.
0: It can be anywhere from $300 to
1: $900. Implant? You believe that they cost, they get... $3,300, What no, dollars the rep.
0: How much does it cost to make an
1: implant? No, the rep oh. goes home, the company. Mm-hmm. They charge the ASC 3000, 4500, 200,000. an implant cost? Implant. Oh, I know exactly what it costs. Yeah. I know, I'm asking. How much? In my surgery center? Anywhere, go. 2800. Good. So I said 3300 whatever it is. Nan, how much money does the ASC receive to perform an uncomplicated TKR? Where? In Holland or? Go for it.
4: Come on. Around 9,000 euro. Okay. U.S. Anyone want to it, give? It's between 15 and 23,000 for uh-huh. facility. How for much anatomy? money
1: does a hospital receive to perform an
0: uncomplicated TKR? From United Healthcare in Houston, Methodist Hospital gets paid
1: $50,000. Great. So, Stryker, you buy a Mako. That's it's not it's payment. I got it. 1.5 million. Think, 800,000. Zimmer, Rosa, 700,000. DePew, about 600,000. Smith & Nephew about 500,000. So let's justify the use of this robot now. So you're going to lower the OR cost. I did the articles and it says that about for a robot assisted, let's go a total knee to about $354 versus $403. So I'm saving about $49, but there's a recovery fee of like anesthesia supply, preoperative costs. Basically, I'm losing for a total of about 581 in the literature per case. So everyone's worried about this value-based healthcare that isn't going to exist. I'm a New York City guy. So it's unlike it's going to happen. So you have two rooms, as you said. You're going to use the one. That's fine. I'll give you the $232,400 and 400 cases in one room a year that you're losing. So your tombstone reads... He was an amazing surgeon, a lousy businessman, a woman. He's now dead, but he worked hard. And the family's happy, okay? And every businesswoman and businessman knows that high volume, my dad was a CFO of a big company, that volume solves nothing, but lowers a price and hurts the person, actually, who delivers the widget. So help me now, Stefan, you're losing money. But I heard before, it's going to be good in the long term. How long do I wait before I give up on this? What's your thoughts? Well,
0: it depends if you pay for robotics or not, and we don't. Okay. It's included in the implant price.
1: So you got the machine for free? Correct. That's great. So I love it that that company does it. One second, Michael. Do you have the answer with Orthline? Because you're a little different. If so,
4: how come we're all not using yours? So I work with lots of different robots and lots of different technology. My concern is really with your question. Okay. The idea of spending money... And losing money are not the same thing. And my business background, I remember somebody saying, you've got to spend money to make money. Yep. And so the idea that this is being presented simply as a loss, I think is, and I know you're trying to get us in the direction. I I love that. Keep me moving.
1: I I got nine minutes, 45 seconds. But I
4: think it is up to a surgeon on how they're going to spend their money. And you can spend your money on a bipolar sealant for blood loss. You can spend the money on whatever. If you choose... So, because it's 500 here's, here's bucks here's the up there, 20,000. I'm just saying. Value, oh, so, value based healthcare is a great example, right? So, the end point of value based healthcare, which you think won't exist, and you're probably right, but value based healthcare, you take the risk corridor, right? If you own that life for 15 years and you reduce one revision, how much money did you spend? How much? Yeah, how much does a revision cost? A revision on average costs about $130,000. I'm saying
1: we need to get better without the robot. Fair enough. Okay. But the point is it that spending money and losing
4: it. money aren't the same.
1: Okay. So, Stuart, is your machine out? Is the new remedy coming out? I want to let people know because it hasn't been. Okay. So do you think the answer is no trackers, Doug? Oh,
3: yeah, I think it's a great answer. I think it's, it's part of our innovative nature.
1: Okay. No so I want to just see from the audience before I go really now to the hardballs that you've asked for, whatever it is, because I'll let you. How many people are buying a Mako? Raise your hand. Who's buying a Mako? Here you go. If you're no, who's buying a Mako? Okay. Who's buying the Think? They need to come to you, okay? He needs a little more advertising. He just started as a CEO in fairness. Who's buying a Rosa? Yeah, we got one of those too. Who's buying a Velas? They didn't want to come up on the stage. We got some Velas, okay? Who's buying a Corey? Two of those also. Who doesn't want a robot? Who doesn't want a robot? Chicken, all of you that didn't raise your hand. So let's sum it up, here we go. Will you be using a robot in 10 years? Yes, no? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. No, a surgeon. No? Will you yes. be selling a robot 10 yes. years from now? Yes. Okay. If medicine is an art and a science, does the robot take away the art away? And now I've gone 10 years to learn how to be a physician or 20 years just to become a glorified technician. Do you think, therefore, that's going to be something that I'm excited about? I don't know. But build me the perfect robot now, 10 years from now. Is it changing or you have it in your possession? It's changing. Well, go ahead. You got the you know, Well my, my
2: hope before I retire that I'm on my boat in the Caribbean. I got my island that. I'm gonna just do push you. the button and the paste is operated in Holland.
1: So you want what Stewart's offering. It's a machine yeah. That. Is, so you need to talk to him. Okay, what's your robot looking like, Stefan? We got a convert from a Go ahead. Current implants
0: are designed to be forgiving because surgeons are not very good. We then developed robots to make them more better surgeons, which we did. So in my opinion, the future is custom implants, AI-driven planning software put in with an autonomous robot.
1: Okay. Michael, what's your robot looking like or technology 10 years from now?
4: I mean, I think it's going to look like some sort of tool because I think we will still be there. The artist is still in the room. And keep in mind, I had this amazing tour at the Metropolitan Museum of Art sponsored by someone on this stage that will remain nameless, where the very nice person who took us around that Kevin paid for showed us that Jackson Pollock, one of the most random artists ever, was actually incredibly specific in how he did things and was very intentional. So the idea that a robot takes out the art misses the point of the art. The robot just makes us better artists And we actually create the artwork in each case that we're really trying to do. And I learned that from someone on this stage who will remain nameless. (laughs) He's being so evasive. Bravo. What is your robot or technology going to look like
1: as you advance it in the next 10 years?
5: It'll be a physician extender where the physician's artistry is all performed before the operation and the technology enables them to do
1: many multiples of the volume that they can do as
5: an individual without technology.
1: And so that, vo- I'll get to the second part of the question. Go ahead, Stuart. What is it, I know you're working on, it and you said it, what is yours looking like? And-
3: yeah, look, maybe I'll skip the what is your question and refer back to just being a technician, right? A Formula right. One driver is not a technician of a Formula One car. That's a cutting-edge machine with a cutting-edge pilot or driver behind it, right? So I think the idea that you're going to press a button and it goes, now I think that when you use a computer or robotic properly, you supplement the skills that are really good in a surgeon, the thinking, the problem solving, the feeling, the caring that is good for patients with the powers of robotics, which is calculations, measurements, very high accuracy. And so the two together, I think, create a combination that's more powerful than one on itself.
1: Great. So will I be making more or less money in 10 years per case? You
3: will probably make a lot less money in 10 years. Sure. Less per case, but over a much bigger volume
1: of cases. There you go. You're killing me in my grave. I don't want to go. I couldn't kill no, less about you. the technology's doing all the hard work. I you're know, doing the thinking work. You're my it's administrator. Doing the, it's doing I don't the want to. work.
4: Go ahead, Michael. I, since you keep telling me I'm going to stop taking Medicare soon, I'm going to be making more money per case. But realistically, it. all of us are watching reimbursements decrease over time, and that's just a fact.
1: Maybe not. We just need to say no. Stefan? Yeah,
0: I don't think it's going to go much further. I think we've almost hit bottom. Okay. So I don't think it's going to be 800 or 700 or $600 dollars. I think we're there.
2: Core. I think in Europe in two, five years time, every orthopedic surgeon will be employed. So
1: he said, if you didn't hear it that they're all going to be employed and we think that too. Lastly, will any of these companies be in business in 10 years? You saw that big spread and we saw it too. Microsoft, many of you stole some of my things. Do you think that's what's going to end up happening? Whatever it is. Will any of these companies be in business or will it be down to one or two? Dr. No,
0: yeah, I think at least five. Five companies. Okay, Stefan? It's hard to say.
1: Uh, I know it's hard to say, but you got to put your limb on the line.
0: I'll live on the line. I hope. Every one of them is going to be still in business in 10 years from now, because that means robotic is really moving forward. which?
1: Well, maybe one or two surpass, and then we all use it. Michael, your thoughts?
4: I think consolidation is a market force that has never really changed, and I think we'll continue to see it over time. So I think, is it going to be just one or two? I don't know. Is it going to be all of the ones that we saw on that list? Probably not. I think market forces will consolidate suppliers just like they consolidate healthcare systems just like they consolidate industries completely outside of what we do.
5: Got it. So I don't believe the, the oligopoly where four companies own 85% of the market is healthy or good for the consumer or ultimately the patient. The question is which one or two of those big four will still be here and which one or two might not.
1: Okay.
3: Likely to have some consolidation. Consolidation.
1: So I don't know how to sum it up, but you've heard there is some value. This proposition of precision, reproducibility and for people. You see there's cost involved. There's a yin-yang of valued health-based healthcare that we all talk about. Michael and I live in an island, Dr. S, where in New York City, you're not a good doctor if you take insurance. That's what it's considered. And so you spend your first 20 years, as I did, taking every insurance, and then you get out to let your junior partner take that insurance. And that's a different disease that we have in New York City and Manhattan. And yet, I will tell you, I ask every one of my patients, show me your tax return. If you don't have money, I'm doing it for free. So I want to go on record. And they show me their tax return. Because if you have a boat or a car in Florida, I'm in New York, I'm not listening to you, okay? Because I'm not crying for you. Because without your health, you have no wealth, as I've always said. So these gentlemen have been very kind as I've peppered them. And so you really have to give them a big and a second round of applause. But you should know it's fun and I am there. Maybe they're all nerds, I don't know, or computer junkies, or maybe we all are, as we're learning today from Dr. Binney and letting us share some of these thoughts. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining.
0: Thank you for listening to the Digital Orthopedics Podcast. If you find the talks as incredibly informative and topical as we did please do share this podcast with your friends and leave us a nice review on your podcast player choice. It would mean a lot to us if you did.